Hey, my name is Zach, and this is the Plaid Jacket Philosopher, the podcast for tradespeople and the blue-collar middle class. I'm open to punch a few holes in the stereotypes that surround blue-collar workers and hopefully share a lot of the stories behind how we got into our line of work and the honest joy you can get from working outside of the office space. The plan is to mix in interviews as well as some solo stories from job sites, fatherhood, and personal experiences that led me to where I am today. Some will be funny, some will be personal, but hopefully any and all content here can help broaden what your opinion is of the blue-collar middle class. Oh, okay. Got it's it. I give that warning now. Ever since that guy got caught jerking off on camera, really? Oh, yeah. That's exactly. When was that? I don't know. It was probably three months ago. It was right, literally the week after I noticed that all of a sudden it alerts people when it starts to record. I hope my face was blurred out. <laughs> right on, man. So, you know, I uh, welcome to the podcast, everybody. This week I've got Shanty Pants from the Happy Hour News Team, which is one of my favorite podcasts. And I'm gonna kind of hand it over to you, and you can introduce yourself, give yourself a quick little plug or two, and we can get rolling on this thing. Right on, man. Thank you, Zach, for having me, Mister PJP. <laughs> the plaid jacket, man. I've started listening to you since uh, I heard you were all about blue collar and. The workman, the working man, that which I am, which I work and I listen to podcasts, and I'm glad I found yours. Hell yeah, man! Thank you. I, I love yours too. Like, uh, yeah, I've I know I've plugged it a couple times, but I I'm uh, I'm look uh, man. Like, we can get into it. I was listening to your latest episode today. Even like, I love your guys's podcast. Sunday fun day. Oh hell yeah! Yeah. Well, you know, you got this. You got this fucked up news out there, and I don't know what I searched out to begin with but i get all of these crazy fucking florida man stories and all these just crazy news stories even from our own state here in north dakota it's i just can't believe people do this shit you know i guess my brain's not wired that way oh man i don't know how anybody's is but florida has its own unique mindset like that's probably my favorite part of your guys show is the weekly (laughs) florida man segment (laughs) every time that i hear your intro florida man i'm like here we go here we go (laughs) and then the music yeah i don't know i i found i found all this music on on this free uh well not really free but uh just a free hosting or free ad uh what the hell is it called uh royalty free music yep but it turns out you can't use it for podcasts if you're so-called making money. So I bought the licenses to all the songs. They fuck it. You know, I don't want to be sued later on down the line if we happen to get big. Exactly. And they like and they say, hey, that's that's my fucking song, man. I I didn't give you permission. But yeah, hey, I have the license so I can use it. But yeah, it's it's Florida, man. It's what the fuck, man. It's a uh, poor guy. Uh we just recently added one called don't do that. <laughs> and, you know, just crazy shit you find on the Internet. That's so, my favorite yeah. part about your guys' show is it's like the most obscure stories that I mean, and I've said it before, too. I don't know if there's another like two chair podcast like two host podcast that has better chemistry than you and uh sanchez there like <laughs> what is your guy's relation because like even in this week's episode you tell calling him a fat fuck trying to get him to, to walk around the block once a week was killing exactly me. well we've known each other oh man i don't know if you listened to the very past ones but uh i met this guy saint patrick's day 17 years ago and uh, I was working, you know, in town here across the way at a local welding shop. And I worked at the bar also. So I went to the bar for lunch. You know, I didn't have a drink or anything. I just went there for lunch because it was right up the street. I live in a town of about 300. So 
Totally. You know, it's, yeah, everything's close. <laughs> and I go to the bar and I order a pizza. I check the schedule and here's, you know, it wasn't Sanchez at the time. His name is Sean. Mm-hmm. And my boss introduces me. He says, hey, Shani, this is Sean. He just moved to town. I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'll be uh, working tonight if you can be around. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know where I can find a joint? I'm like, what? <laughs> Dude, I haven't known you for 30 seconds, man. And you want to fucking narc? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I kind of just sat there and ate my pizza and kept looking over my shoulder. And he was drinking his green beer. And turns out he was cool as hell. And we've been, you know, we've been friends ever since. You know, and that's. That's pretty cool. Like, uh, yeah, your guys' show kills me. Just the chemistry that you two have. Like, I, you know, not not very many shows do they like rip on each other as much as you two do. And it's it's probably my favorite dynamic of your guys' show. <laughs> well, it's, that's the thing is we've known each other so long that we can, and nobody takes offense because it's all in good fun. Oh, I mean, you should yeah. hear <laughs> you should hear what we say to each other off the air. I mean, <laughs> holy shit! And that's the reason we started a podcast is because you know up here. Well, I'm sure you're familiar. And, you know, you're up in Canada and North Dakota here. It's cold fucking and shitty nine, 10 months out of the year. So we can't do anything outside like, you know, probably 70 percent of the, the you know, United States. So we're like, hey, let's start a podcast. Let's just, you know, talk shit and find what's on the Internet, because we used to sit across the table from each other and just, you know, bullshit and have some drinks and look at stories online and talk about them mm-hmm. and just all of a sudden it's like god we should record this you know maybe isn't somebody that a, would want to hear it isn't that a funny idea like it's literally one of the, the topics that i wanted to bring up today is just the idea of even starting and like hosting a podcast like we were talking before i hit record like an idiot i didn't hit it right away but you know <laughs> the, the challenges of even like starting one. like i didn't know anything like you guys no. at least have video on yours like you figured that out it's just like paint by numbers as we go here it's, it's it a is blast, and, and it's a slow burn you know yep. anybody out there in podcast land that wants to start a podcast or it's realize this you're not going to get the listeners that you expect yep we have tens and tens that's about it yeah and we've been doing this for almost two years in november so you gotta you gotta want to do it and you just got to keep doing it i i mean there's been a few lulls in our in our uh episodes because you know personal shit comes up and we just can't do it every week and our audience our tens of people they they understand because they keep coming back. Yep. Well, I keep telling people like you aren't paying for this. So don't complain if it's not up to par or if exactly. I miss a week. <laughs> exactly. And we, we even pulled our anchor ad because I was like, you know what? They don't need to listen to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, if anchor wants to pay us fucking half a cent per fucking play. No, I don't no. want that money. No, we don't, you know, anchor offers even like uh, donations. We don't ask for that because I will never make back the money I spent on this hobby, you know? Oh man, I'm in the same boat, but I just love doing it. Like it's something fun to do. Yes. It's fun. It is actually something I look forward to every week. And I look forward to your show every week. I look forward to fumble penis. I look forward to the randomness guys. I look forward. I have a handful of shows that I have to listen to. Yep. I'm in the exact same boat. Is it selfish of me if those guys, those fuckers don't put one out every week (laughs) and I'm looking forward to it? It's like, well, how the hell am I going to fill this hour now? You know, 
Well, do you know how terrified I was? I saw you like tweeted, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago with something like all mediocre things must come to an end. I was terrified that you guys had shut <laughs> your show down. I was like, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta get a hold of Shanty. Like this You're is- You're not is, the only one, man. This I've is unacceptable. A, I had a few people get a hold of me. I was like, no, 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 no. It was, I don't know. Something was wrong on the board and Sanchez kept drifting from the mic. Yep. And, you know, he- and I was like, dude, you got to talk into the fucking mic or I can't hear you. Or if I amplify it, then it picks up all the other noise around me when I edit. And I just don't want to deal with that. Yep. So I was like, you know what? I, I, I should have been more specific, but I was like that, that recording was mediocre. So we ended it after a half hour and I listened back. I'm like, no, I deleted it. <laughs> yeah. And that's why we did a round two this Sunday. So, well, no, I love no. It. We're not done. Fuck that. <laughs> Good. That was I was that was my initial response. I'm like, oh fuck, they better not be done. I love this show every week. <laughs> no, that, that's so funny. You know what? I had one question that was submitted for this because I, I reached out to our mutual friend there, Matt. And he yeah. said he's like, Oh, uh, talk to Shanty, see if you know both of you guys have made promises on your shows that you're gonna get me on as a guest one day. He's like, Let's do how about you guys talk about that? And so this is a little bit of inside baseball, but we've got to find a way to to pull him out of his shell. Well, he's, he's an angry fucking guy, man. And he just rants, you know, and I love that. I don't know if it would be the same if we could get him on the show. I think he wouldn't be him. Yeah. That's a good point. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be, you know, it's like, Hey, we got Matt from Fumble Penis and it wouldn't be what his show is. Yeah. You know, people would tune in and be like, well, fuck, I don't want to listen to this guy. I mean, I was like, well, no, this isn't what he's like. You got to tune in and you got to. That's why we plug his show. We plug your show. We plug all the shows that I and Sanchez like it's. That's the thing is, you know, I, that's that's how this uh, fucks it called. Uh, ah, God damn it. Networking Podcast network. Yeah, networking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, yep. and I'm not going to plug shows that I don't listen to. You know, I'll, you know, it's because I don't give a shit about them. You know, I'll, I'll tell I'll listen to them a few times. You're like, well, that ain't for me, I guess. And you know what? Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the same thing. And I think it's, you know, I like, I like plugging other independent shows too, because I mean, it's not like any of us have a name that we're building on or some big social no. media presence that we're building. on. It's just no. stuff that you like to do for fun. And you know, you gradually accumulate an audience and that's kind of cool about it, but uh, you're right. I, I think you put, touched on the best topic. Like we're both in all those like podcast networking groups oh, on social media. Oh my God. I know. I know. Oh. But it's, I don't know how listen many times for listen. Yeah. Screenshot it, screenshot it. <laughs> oh, you know what? Fuck you, man. I ain't screenshotting shit no i'll listen if i want to i'm not otherwise like it's funny because you can tell right away it's like if you're not in this for the actual like passion project of doing it if you're in it to make money or something you're never gonna gonna make it with anything like this yeah it's it's gotta be you're in for a big fucking disappointment if you're looking for money yeah and and that's why we don't really plug uh the uh big time shows like sometimes i'll talk about a joe rogan show uh, like that one girl from North Korea that escaped that oh, yeah. fucking show blew my mind. Oh, so yeah. I had to bring up a little bit about it. And uh, there's a couple others that, you know, like Neil Grass Tyson, did, or whatever the fuck his name is. You know, there's a few shows of his and, you know, just certain topics that I find interesting. I'm like, well, God damn, did you hear about this? And, you know, I'll talk to Sanchez about it. And he was like, oh, yeah, I, I was alive when that happened, you know. <laughs> 
Well, he's old as you know, old as dirt. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, old he, as dirt. And <laughs> I, I, you know, it's sad because if nature is nature, he's going to die before me. That means mm-hmm. a podcast is going to die. Mm-hmm. And that's sad to think about. That is he's a, like I said, he's a fat fucking bad health. <laughs> and I just I want him. That's why I say go take a walk around the block, dude. We went hunting the other weekend. And, you know, he was our post guy because he can't move around so well. And it it killed him damn near. Mm. I was like, God damn it, man. You he's got the diet. He's he's got the diet down. But it's I guess like, dude, you got to be active. You know, you have yep. to do something, too. You just can't sit around and eat broccoli because, you know, I ain't going to do shit for you. <laughs> well, at least he's on the wagon still, isn't he? He is. He Good is. For him. Good I am for him. very proud of him. And I hope he jumps off for our hundredth episode. You know, that's that's, you know, why we started doing this drinking and talking. Oh, yeah. Now, you got to you got to really howl at the moon for that hundredth episode. Well, we're going to try. We're going to we try go. to do a Zoom, but it's so fucking complicating because. I don't know. I'm I'm up there in the early mid 40s and I just don't really I got too much other shit going on. I don't really understand that technology of putting like comments in the fucking picture and links and shit. I I, I was like, you know what? It took us. Oh, fuck. The last Zoom meeting we had with someone, they always send us a link because I can't figure that shit out. (laughs) We it took us a half hour beyond our starting just to get our sound and our picture going. I was like, you know what? This is just too much fucking work. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's, and if we're going to have like, I, we're going to have like three guests on for our hundredth. And I, I don't know if I can schedule three time periods and have everything go as planned. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm, you know, don't feel bad. Um, I'm in my thirties and I can't figure any of this stuff out either. That's why I still don't have a video component for the show. Cause it's way too much work for me. Well, with the video, it's actually pretty easy because we have a camera that's set up and I, all I do is sync the audio with the video. And we used to do three cameras set up, but I got really fucking lazy. <laughs> and that takes a lot of work because I got to sync three videos to one audio and do crazy blending. And I was like, you know what? I, I don't Not have time it. for that shit right now. Now, maybe it. this winter, you know, the summer's passing. So, yeah, the last two weeks are in the rear view now. Hey, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right on, man. So I figured we could get into kind of, you know, the blue collar and trades aspect of it, because I think I think that's, that's right. That you probably don't touch on. Well, I know you don't touch on much in your show, but I think it's interesting. And, you know, you being a welder and you're an EM, EMS uh, responder. Is that right? Yeah, First responder with uh, with our ambulance here. I've been doing that for about 16 years. Holy yeah. Well, I mean, I hear you like touch on it every once in a while. Like, you know, you'll bring up a Florida man where some guy shoots his uh, cat or something and you're like, oh, well, I've I've stumbled on tons of dead bodies. And I'm thinking, oh, like, oh yeah. man, and it's tough. It's tough. You know, like I said, uh, I, I don't know if you're recording when I said this, but at the beginning of the show that I bartended here in town mm-hmm. and we have, like I said, a population of about 300, 400 people and you get to know everybody. Mm hmm. You know, you're not only a bartender, you're a babysitter, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, your best friend, you're maybe somebody's one night stand. But after, uh, I think, two years of uh, bartending, I was asked to drive the ambulance. Like, fuck, yeah. Lights and sirens, baby. Right, right. Yeah. 
But a lot of people don't understand you're not just a driver. When there's a two-man crew, you're doing CPR, you're helping lifting, you're doing all the other stuff the EMTs and the paramedics aren't doing. Mm. So I actually took my uh, EMT class and became a first responder. And I just stuck with that because honestly, our run frequency is not that great as like in a metropolitan area where you're, you know, constantly going. Right. We probably have maybe 60 to 70 calls a year. Mm -hmm. Lately, it's been pretty busy. A lot of dumb fucks out there. But, you know, it's our run frequency that, you know, I if I want to be in the back of the rig, I want to be constantly doing something. I want to keep my skills up. But yep. being a first responder, I can, and having the EMT course, I can help the EMT in the back if another person wants to drive. If there's, you know, multiple casualties or multiple patients, I know what I'm doing that I can, you know, help out. So you're not just a driver. You, you pretty much do everything else. Well, I can imagine that. And I, I mean, being in a town of 300 people, like you said, you know, everybody, like, have you come on accident scenes or even fatalities where like you knew the person who was involved. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I've, uh, the fatalities, I think I've known about 85% of them. Holy cow. Yeah. That's, you know, that's and it's, rough. and you know, the thing is it's, you know, a uh, few kids that I've known, I don't know, elderly people, uh, just, random people that I, it's, it's a lot of them that I knew. I don't know if it's sad or it's bad to say that I look forward to the interstate accidents mm -hmm. because they're normally just people passing by. I don't know them. There's no right. connection. I can do my job without being fuck. Well, I can, I can understand that. Cause I mean, like even this is nothing compared to the level that you were on, but I took, uh, I was a part of the mine rescue team for a couple of years when I was in mining. Yeah. And uh, like, we never, we never had an actual emergency to respond to. It was all just practicing, right? We had to get in our hours every month and hours every year. Um, but, you know, even just like thinking about that, preparing for it was kind of, it was alarming because we were in a mining camp of about 300 people at the time. So, you know, that whoever yep. you're responding to, you know who they are, like personally. Yep. And that was something that we talked about in, in class in in the course was just that, you know, preparing for that psychological aspect of it, which I, you know, I can, I totally understand what you're talking about as far as looking forward to the interstate accidents where you don't actually know the person. Like I imagine that's a hard enough job to do when you don't have those personal feelings going on, but when you know the person and that's clouding your judgment and your reaction time and all this, I, I cannot imagine that at all. Well, it doesn't really cloud. I mean, I guess if it were to be family, mm -hmm. then, you know, I would have a really hard time with it. I don't know. I've never been in that situation yet. Yep. Knock on fucking wood. No doubt. But like close friends, you know, friends that I know, their loved ones, I feel for them, mm -hmm. you know, because it's like you get on scene and it's like, no. Oh, fuck. You know, you still do your job to the best you can. Yeah. But at the same time, in the back of your mind, it's like, you're always thinking, how are they take? They're going to take this. How, you know, and what are they going to think of me being on scene, knowing that I couldn't do anything right. or it was a DOA or it was, you know, just, you know, half the time when there's, you know, an audience or there's an audience, sometimes there's people standing around looking mm -hmm. and you know, they're dead. 
Mm-hmm. There's obvious signs of death, you know, there's, you know, decapitation, no pulse, you know, crush, you know, everything that you look at them and you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. But the thing is, I've done CPR on dead people just to make the people that are watching feel better. Oh, that's just, pretty heavy, man. Like, just to, you know, just to make them be like, well, he didn't do anything. They didn't do anything when they, you know, you can't explain death to people when they're looking at it because they're in shock. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you just can't. Yeah. And so you do what you can. And then, you know, when the coroner finally shows up, then they get the hint and yeah, it's bad. It's, I never thought I would have to deal with that type of thing driving an ambulance, but it's, yeah, you deal with it more than you, more than you realize. I, I can't imagine that. I mean, I have a, a cousin who's a, an ambulance paramedic as well. And, you know, like I don't hear too many stories, but that's one thing that I think about is just, I, I can't imagine that aspect of it. I mean, I'm sure you also get gratifying days too, where you're able to save people. Oh, yeah. like you're physically able to, to be the difference yep. between life and death. Like that's got to make up for it in some sense. There is way more positive. Good. There's good. been negative, but the thing is the negative is what, what you uh, go to bed with that night. Is the right. negative is what you think of because you're always thinking about, well, what could I have done? Yeah. You know, what could we have done to, you know, you know, obviously when they're dead, when you get there, you can't do anything. You can't, mm-hmm. but if they happen to pass, you know, while you're there or, you know, in route, it's, it's, it's a tough, tough fucking cookie to swallow. Yeah. I believe it. That would, that would stick with me for a lot longer too, rather than, you know, you could think about, all the positives from the job you want, but I imagine those, yeah, those negatives would stick with you those a lot longer. Negatives weigh on you. They yeah. do. Yeah. Has, uh, has your time as like an EMS tech, has that translated at all into your, your trades work into your welding? Like I'm sure you're probably more familiar than anybody as far as what can go wrong on a site, like different hazards that you're working around. Like how does that translate to your, your work every day? All I can tell my guys that I work with is like, don't make me bust out my skills. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I believe it. I uh... we went, we had an Amshaw training uh, a couple of years back. Cause I also, I go out to the mines once in a while and I do welding mm-hmm. and uh, the guy, the trainer, he, he looks right at me. He goes, what is your safety program? And I'm like, Oh fuck. You know, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, we don't have one. Right. We're such a small right. camp. We're such a small company. We have two welders and one plasma guy. So that's three people in my mm-hmm. whole shop. So I, I look at my boss and I look at the other dude that's, you know, my other welding hand. And I was like, well, we, we watch each other's back mm-hmm. because that's all we can do. You know, we're, we're out there for maybe a week at a time. You can give us our task training to, you know, operate your equipment, which we know how to do, but we're going to have it on file that you trained us. But as it comes for our safety, we watch each other's back. That's yeah. all we can do. Yeah. I mean, and, and then I tell him, I was like, don't make me bust my skills out. I I'm on, I'm not on call. So, you know, but yeah. I, I would, if I had to, Oh, That's totally. thing. it's, you know, it's just second nature. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, I can relate to that too, because I work now with a pretty small electrical company. I mean, I've worked with huge companies out in the oil field before, but 
uh, it was a good experience. I hated it personally. Like I like that personable, you know, that smaller town, smaller company vibe, but we have the same thing. And I mean, my dad, he, he's an electrician as well. And he's told me stories of like, you know, he'll grab a wire and it somehow got turned back on. Then he touches like a duct or something. He's had it where it goes right across his chest and he's locked in like this. Yeah. And, uh, because you can't let go. You can't let go. Everything tenses up and you're just cooking. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he had his journeyman just come back and just boot fuck him right out of the way kicked yep. him out of the circuit but you know that that's the kind of stuff you got to do it's you got to kind of stay on your toes and be sharp and i think i i personally like when working in a larger company i didn't find that there was that same level of camaraderie or where you'd actually like look out for each other or pay attention to what the other guy's doing whereas in a small company it's like you realize that you kind of need each other in case yeah, anything does go wrong that's all we have is yep. each other yeah i mean in a bigger company you're pretty much just a number oh yeah you're uh help uh Help wanted uh, application or job, uh, job. Uh, your job yeah. would be in the paper before your obituary. Oh yeah, yeah. You're just a thing. warm body. Yeah, yeah. You're a yeah. number, and you know it's the same thing. You know we, I'm a welder, but at the same time, unofficially, I'm a hydraulic tech, crane technician. You know, electrician, mm -hmm. because we do all our repairs in house. Yep. So whenever the crane goes out. I've had it where I shut the crane off at the box and the fucking remote still worked. <laughs> so, you know, every time I fucking, I, I've done that since then. And anybody else, you know, the crane goes out and they go up on the lift and they go work on it. I'm like, check that remote before you go up there because I've had it still working after I shut the main, you know, breaker off. Like, well, no, that ain't no, it it freaking happens. Either it doesn't click all the way, or I don't know what the hell. I, I don't know. I'm not elect I'm not an electrician, but I know if the button still works, the fucking power's still on. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, There's still pressure in the line. Something's going on. I mean, I remember the first time that I figured that out working in a mill, we were doing a shutdown and I didn't realize to lock out all of like the pneumatics and the all the other pressure systems yeah, that were going on they're still there's still pressure oh man and that uh yeah that was a couple of close calls there like that it was just the first time in a mill right nobody told me that we shut down the electrical then all of a sudden you still hit a few like just stop buttons and they go and st stuff starts shutting down you're like oh my yep. god like yeah it's yeah. uh it's scary man like like what you were saying like sometimes it's well, always it's best to have somebody there who kind of knows the site and knows the the quirks of, that's going on with it because that can be a lifesaver yep yeah, yeah. And, and I and I told the guy that that's actually been there longer than me. Mm. Check the freaking pendulum on that crane before you go up there. Because yeah. like I said, I you know, I do it just because I'm a paranoid fuck. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't want to go up there and fucking stick a screwdriver and a fuse in a bus and get freaking thrown off a fucking 12 foot lift. No. You know no. <laughs> it, the shock might not kill me, but the fall down will. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, even though I'm supposed to be tied off, according to OSHA, but we don't have tie-offs. So right. that's how small of a company we are. <laughs> hey, man, I, I hear you. I've worked for companies like that, too. Again, I'm, I'm working for one now. I, I personally love it for all the, the pauses with it, too. But, I mean, yeah, in your case, like, you're all too familiar with the injuries that can happen, too, from that stuff. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I imagine I you take it a lot more seriously. Yeah, I, like I said. I don't want to bust out my skills because, you know, you know, and then uh, I told my boss about, you know, we should get an AED, you know, 
automated electronic defibrillator. Mm-hmm. What the hell for? We got welders. Like, <laughs> okay. Okay. Just, just hook them up to 50 amps or whatever, yeah. 250 amps, 50 volts. Yeah. <laughs> Cook a guy. Like you see what I these welders know. do, right? That's what it'll do to your body. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I was like, okay, I guess. I mean, uh, we don't work with amperage when we have an AED. We work in joules. Yeah. So amperage is quite a lot higher, isn't it? Oh yeah. Like if you get locked in, especially DC through your welders, yeah. like that's, yeah. the, that's the stuff that doesn't let you go. Like you're locked. You need, you need a two by four or oh, yeah. like you said, a boot to the ass. Yep. Yeah. You got to get nick- kicked out of it. But uh, yeah, yeah, man. no, I hear you. It was funny. Cause when I was working at the mine too, you have like crazy mine managers, right. And all they care about is deadlines, schedules. And I remember one time they shipped in all this equipment from the States and you guys work on a different operating voltage. Primarily it's 480 volts. We're 600 volts. And so they ship we're 440. Oh, maybe. But anyway, yeah. so they, sh- they ship up all this gear and, uh, and he's like, Oh, well, you know, make it work. I'm like, we don't have a transformer. We don't have 480, 440 work. anywhere. And then he's like, well, can you hook it up to this welder? I'm like, no, no, <laughs> it's not, not even the same system. Like, it's just so funny to run into stuff like that on jobs. See, Man. I'm not even an electrician and I fucking know that. Exactly. Every tradesperson on site, I mean, machine operators were looking at them like, are you dumb? Like, no, it's not going to work. It's ugh, whatever. Well, we got to make it work. Whatever it takes to make, get the job done. Right. It's like, I just, I told you what we need to make it work. Order it. <laughs> like, it's, uh, Order it. Anyway, yeah. that's you know it. What that, you know what that costs? Yeah, money. Exactly. Nobody wants to pay that. That was another thing that I was wanted to talk to you about, because I know you I've heard you kind of touch on it in your podcast is, you know, like knowing your worth as a tradesman or a welder, like when know when to call it quits in a company or know like yep. when to stand up for yourself. Like that's another topic that I wanted to get in with you just because I've I've heard you kind of hint at it a little bit, but I know your podcast isn't directed at it. So it's like, well, fuck, I better have Shanty on. We can dig into this a little more. Yeah, let's do it. Cause I know my boss ain't listening. Like <laughs> I said, you need to have a brain to listen to what other people have to say. That's a and, good point. I mean, that's the thing about podcasting is that I brought it up to him many times. I was like, yeah, I got a podcast. Check it out. Mm-hmm. What do you talk about? I'm like, we talk about fucked up news and we talk about this and that we talk, you know, isn't that the and, worst question to get? What's it about? Well, I don't fucking know. It changes every week. It's <laughs> about an hour long. Yeah. All right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry. No, so anyway, that's, a, that's about it. You know, yeah. it's like I said, you have to be able to want to listen to what other people have to say. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, then you're not going to listen or you're not going to get what we say or you're not mm-hmm. going to listen for later than four or five minutes. Yeah, about the about the length of a song. If all you want is a yeah. song, listen to a song then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm with you. Like it's it's funny though. I I mean I've had the same thing around sites too. Like guys will see I've got a sticker for the the podcast on the back of my truck. They'd be like, oh, what is that? I'm like, well, it's what it says. It's a podcast. What's a podcast? I'm like, I don't know. I just talk into a mic. I have interesting people on every once in a while. You can listen if you want to. They're like, yeah, I'm good. I'm like. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. No okay. problem. <laughs> no problem. There's three billion other people in the world that might want to listen. Yeah. I don't need your one listen, I guess. Exactly. But yeah, like, and as far as like value at work, like I remember, I mean, I've quit companies a, a number of times, especially in oil field. I was there for like the oil boom. And man, like you could literally walk off site, go to another site for five bucks more an hour and just whatever. Like I, I just, I don't need to be here anymore. I'm going to go over there. And it was, it was a crazy dynamic. Like I think it was way out of whack because the workers, like we had 
literally all the power at that point. You could, you could tell your boss, you know, shove it. I'm, I'm off site, pick up your tools and go over next door to the next rig. But uh, it's, it's a little bit different now, I think. And I mean, in a lot of small oh, companies, way different. Yeah. And in small but towns, what does that tell you though? If you can just walk off site and take another job, you know, five, 10 minutes later, mm -hmm. you weren't worth a shit to begin with yeah. in their eyes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If they don't fight for you to, to keep you. And that's one thing that, you know, I like, like you've said, I mean, with small companies, I personally feel pretty valued in my company now, but I know that in other ones I haven't. And the way like that even ruins your own work ethic, the quality of work that you put out, yeah. like your, your output, it, it kills everything. Okay. When uh, we just had, okay, we have a new owner. He just took over about almost two years ago. And, you know, he was stressed because he took over right before COVID hit. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, and the thing is, we, we got slow, but not slow to the point where we had to shut down. Mm -hmm. And he was stressed and he was pissed and he was a moody motherfucker. But I stuck around because I love welding. You know, yeah. I love what I do. It's an art. Absolutely. There's nothing, you know, more satisfying or gratifying or just getting that, you know, tingly feeling when someone says, God damn, those are nice welds. Oh, yeah. God damn. That's, you know, I had a truck driver. I don't know if you heard it. A truck driver gave me a compliment and said, that looks brand new. Yeah. The repair I did. I was like, well, that's what we do here. You know, that's what I do. I take pride in my work. Yep. My boss had different opinions, but fuck him. Uh, I forgot where I was going with this. No, taking pride in your work, being told taking that, pride you know, in your yeah. work. And if I, I gave him, I, I gave him a little bit of advice. I said, there are two things that you need to do to have a successful company. And that's it. Only two things. I said, you need to find us work and you need us. You need to make us want to come to work. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's it. And somehow he forgot that second part. Yeah. You well, know, I was like, if I don't want to come to work, my attitude is going to be shit. If you make me really loathe my job, I'm not going to want to be here. I'm going to want to get the fuck out of here as soon as possible and, you know, move on. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, <clears throat> yeah, like I'm the same way too, as far as taking pride in my work. I mean, with electrical what I do now, most of the time, it just gets buried under drywall and nobody sees it, but I'm the same way. Like just this last week, I had one of the framers, he was new with the company. We've done work with them forever, but uh, he goes, Holy cow. He's like, I've never seen electrical run like this. Like, what do you mean? He's like, it's all straight. It's all like tight. Yeah. I'm like, thank you. Like that, that kind of stuff. It just, it yeah. feels good. Right. Especially it, when it it's makes from, you feel good. Yeah. And it, it puts that extra pep in your step. You know, you want to, then you actually want to do better. Like that's want, the thing you want to do, you know, you want to make everybody else give you that same compliment. Yeah. But when your own freaking employer doesn't recognize how well you're doing, you just get this feeling like, well, like you said, I could just move from one rig to the next, mm -hmm. but you know, I, I kind of can, but I kind of can't, you know, it's just, I don't know. I pigeon, I, you know, I pigeonhole myself mm -hmm. as a welder because I've been doing it for 26, 27 years now. Yeah constantly and i i was offered a job at the fucking high school here as a business manager and i look at the superintendent i'm like dude i'm a welder <laughs> all right 
I have, you know, if you can give me a drawing on what you want me to do, okay. But yeah. if you want me to fucking calculate numbers and shit off a spreadsheet and this and that, no. He goes, oh, they pay good. I'm like, I don't doubt it. <laughs> but I am not qualified for that. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm a fucking welder, man, or a woodworker or a EMS. Yeah. You know, pick your pick your poison. No, and I like that's the same thing with me too. I mean, I even I ended up moving up into more of like a managerial role at the mine, and I personally, I hated it, man. Like I couldn't sit in the office for more than like two hours a day. It's just it's not my thing. Like, and I, you know, I talk to people who are always like, oh, like one thing I get criticized on here is like romanticizing the trades, but I love working with my hands. Like, and I know tons of trades people who love working with their hands, who they love what they do. Like, it sounds like you do too, as far as welding. Like, when well, you that's can stand, what we back, do exactly. That's what we do. I mean, I, that's what I grew up doing. Exactly. Yeah. I gotta tell you a, a funny story here. Uh, my my passion for welding came probably when I was eight years old. All right, this story is going to make a loop. The guy who lived next to me when I was growing up had a welding truck and I'd always find these, you know, the sticks, the electrodes laying around. And, and I asked uh, my buddy or my friend, which was his son at the time where he was a couple years younger. I was like, what are these? What, what do these do? They look like sparklers, you know, from a totally. of July. Yep. So he's like, Oh, I ask my dad. I don't know. They're, they're office truck. So I was like, Jim, what is this? What, what do these do? What, why are these everywhere? He's like, grab a pancake. I'm like, a what? <laughs> He's like, here. He hands me, well, a pan, a true pancake is a piece of plywood with a welding uh, glass in between it with a handle. Okay. And you just hold it up and you, and you weld. Yep. Okay. His type of pancake was a hood with a, with a handle on it. And you just held it there and you know, you weld one handed. Yep. So he's like, okay. So I grabbed the mask or the pancake and he just struck an arc and he bonded two pieces of metal with that electrode. Uh, I was hooked. Yep. I, you know, I thought about that growing up. I wouldn't say every day, but every time I saw his truck mm -hmm. turns out this guy worked for the company then that I work for now. Really? Yep. Crazy. Yeah, that is and a he, small world. He has an auction going on now because he's retiring. He has an auction this weekend. And I messaged him. I was like, Jim, I'm interested in this welder. Mm -hmm. But I never heard back because I think once it's listed, you can't sell it privately. You have right. to come to the auction and, you know, bid put on your it. bid in, put yep. your bid. But I was like, oh, you know, it just... I want to, I've, I haven't seen him face to face since then, you know, since we were growing up and I was like, God damn it, man, you were the guy who got me into welding just because of what you did. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing it ever since high school, you know, through yep. high school. And then up until now, it's, it's, it's unreal. It's, I, I had a similar experience too. Like for me, I remember 
I mean, you know, I was a lazy ass kid in school all the way through. That's kind of why, why I stuck to trades. But I remember when I was younger and I'm like, dad, I need a science fair project. Like I need you to help me with something. And so he wires up this circuit board and we did it on like little batteries the first time. And he wires up all these batteries. He shows me how they can be in parallel or in series and you can boost the voltage or boost the current and all this stuff. And, you know, at the time I'm probably nine or 10, I had no idea what he was doing. Right. But then I see him run all this wire, put it into switches, all this other stuff. And then, you know, he puts it together and he's like, all right, it's done. I'm like, what do you mean? Nothing works. He's like, well, hold on. And then he starts operating like all these different switches, all this different start stuff starts coming on. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, holy cow. Like you can make this. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that was exactly it. Like, and, and I had the same, same thing. I was like hooked at that point. I'm like, okay, so you can build stuff that then has electricity flow through it. Like nothing caught it on fire, nothing blew up like that. That to me was amazing. And then, you know, he did it with 120. And as I got a little bit older, he started showing me different, different ways to wire up stuff. And, you know, I hit the ground running because like I said, I hated high school. I hated sitting in class. I, I hate sitting at a desk period. And, uh, you know, in, in high school, they offered the apprenticeship program. So when I was going into grade 11, I was 15, I could take, you know, trades. So I would go to work one day, school the next. I had no electives. So I just got my core four courses. And, but every second day I was at work and I didn't have to sit in class. And so to me, like that was it. I was off to the races and running. I'm in my 17th year now of electrical. And I, you know, I'm not looking back, but I love what I do. Like, you know, there's so many different challenges. The the trade evolves so quickly. Like it's a, uh, it's a blast. Like, and that's one, one thing that, again, like I try to promote on this thing. I've got a few young guys now who listen, who are like 18, 19, just getting into the trades and they aren't sure about it yet, but it's like, no, like there's, you can really develop a career. Like there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff in here. You can take pride in your work and, you know, yep. I mean, as we've talked about, like you can have bosses who recognize it, appreciate it and will promote you for it. Or, you know, you can have shit companies too. You, you know, you'll get a, well, that's, yeah, that's anything, not even trades. That's fast food. That's fucking any part time job, any anything. You yep. need to find the right person that can lead you. Yep. I mean, there's a difference between a leader and a boss. Oh, big a boss time. tells you what to do. A leader will show you how to do it. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the thing is, you know, I at my old company here in town that I quit, you know, after 15 years because. I had come up with, uh, I went through the Dale Carnegie course and I took that shit to heart because there are ways. It's not about manipulating people. There are ways to create, you know, engaged employees. And I don't think they really wanted to do that. They, they just wanted, you know, their bottom line is all it was all about. Yeah. So for example, we were making 14 units of whatever we're making. I can't get into specifics because it's just, it'll take too long. Yeah. Yep. 14, 14 units a week. And they're like, well, how can we increase production? I was like, well, okay, let me, let me think on it. I came up with a spreadsheet that timed people in my area and what they did and how they did it. So I was in charge of three sections. So I timed them. I was like, all right, this takes this long. This takes this long. This takes this long. All right. Wrote it all down. Oh, wait, the crane went down. All right. Oh, we got a truck in. That all took time. Mm -hmm. So I marked it in red. So, you know, and after a couple weeks, my, uh, my guys came up to me and said, well, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just timing what you guys are doing. You know, I just want to know, get a ballpark figure, how long a unit takes from beginning to end. Like, well, 
That took me an hour and a half. I know I could get that done in an hour. What did that do? That created engagement. Mm -hmm. That created drive. Mm -hmm. We went from 14 units to 19 units in one week. That's incredible. Increased production. But it, yeah, in my eyes, yeah, that's fucking amazing. But you know what it did to the rest of the shop? It bottlenecked it because nobody else wanted to take on that, that system. I don't know if it was spite or, you know, fuck you. I do it the way I want and blah, blah, blah. But I was like, hey, this is, this works. Mm-hmm. This company wants, you know, but at the at same time, it was kind of a double-edged sword because they're like, well, why didn't, why didn't this unit get out when you said it was? All right, let's look at the spreadsheet. I have it in the red. Oh, the crane was down for 45 minutes. We couldn't do this and that. Oh, we had a truck. It took two hours to unload. So we had three guys unloading a truck. So that's three man hours right there lost. Yeah. And they didn't want to see that. Well, and it's, it's crazy. Cause you, it's such a balance, right? Like at the same time, like you want to be able to produce like at a good clip at a good pace. But as soon as you do that once, like that's all that's expected. And then if any hiccups come along the way, it's like, Oh, that's unacceptable. Cause you guys did this many units last week. And it's like, I know, but life happens. Like you, you can't well, expect this all the time. But when you have it on paper, yep. they can't deny it. That's a good point. You know, like I said, okay, the crane was down, uh, forklift, you know, flat tire or, you know, whatever, out of propane, you know, you got to fill propane. That's 15 minutes. You know, everything, everything takes time. Absolutely. And, you know, if the truck comes in, that's two hour wait right there. Yep. And you got three, three people on it. Okay. That's six hours, six man hours lost off of production because you're unloading the truck. So either get somebody else to do that so we can keep producing or shut the fuck up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because exactly. I have it right here in black and white. It's this is what happens. This is what happens throughout the week. Yeah. And I don't think they wanted to see what really happens. So right. I left. <laughs> I don't blame you. And I mean, even going back to what you had said at the beginning of this about mentors and just like, you know, it's so easy to kind of kill someone's passion too. It's again, if you get like, like again, talking to these young guys who kind of will, will email about, about trades and whatever, like just asking pointers. And it's like, you know, it's, it really depends. Sometimes it's that first person who introduces you to the trade. Like you said, when you were eight or like me, when I was 10, like that's where I kind of got hooked on it. But at the yeah. same time, like if you have a, a string of bad bosses or bad journeymen or whatever the case is, like that can kill your passion for the trade. You can think that yep. it's just a trash industry. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. You know, and but I like same with the EMS. I've had a lot more good experiences mm-hmm. with uh, truck drivers or when I was making grain bins. Somebody's saying, damn, those are nice fucking welds. Mm-hmm. Or if we had a like an engineering flaw on our grain bins that we made where, you know, the bin was too tall and the structure couldn't handle it. Well, that's an engineering problem. I didn't a welder problem because you know what? None of those welds broke. Yeah. You know, that's so it can't come back on us. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I, I still love what I do. I just hate where I work. Does that make sense? <laughs> oh, it makes perfect sense, man. That's, yeah. Hey, I spent four years in the oil field. I fucking hated it out there for the most part. I mean, I had some, some great friendships, great relationships, but man, there's something about 
when there's you've got finely engineered plans and the engineering doesn't work or they've never actually seen any of that gear in real life like you know it's good on paper exactly like the paper pushes and then you show them like you bring the engineer to site it's like look i have to put this in this and how tell me how to do this and they're like whoa well, make I don't know. Work. Make it work. Yeah, it's like it, it just doesn't work. But that's that's another cool part too. I mean, I know with welders because we'd have to get welders to basically fabricate and change yep. the structure so that we could we could make it work. Um, but yeah, you guys are magicians, and it you know it's cool when you can hand over a project that somebody said was impossible, and you're like, well, no, we made it work. No. Like you know, it's, leave it in our hands. We know what it yeah. has to do, and it we'll make it work. It it may take more time. Yep. Because you know what they fucked up and we have to think about it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, you know, uh, like I said, with making grain bins, it was a production line. Right. I was a robot. You know, we had, we had excellent plans 98% of the time. And then I just, I did what I was told, you know, I am a robot. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. now where I work, I'm a fabricator. Mm-hmm. So I get a sketch and they said, this is kind of what we want you know, make it work, whatever it takes to get the job done. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's what we do now. Yeah. So I, it, it works both ways. Oh, know, totally. I I've noticed, I think my, my two favorite other trades, or if there were two other trades that I could do, it would be either millwright or a welder. Like when we were in the mines, man, like, you know, you're in weird spaces, confined spaces and you have to like, there are no, there are no factory tools that will get no. into those, those certain jobs. And so we would you talk make to, your own. Exactly. We had some of the best welders and millwrights I've ever worked with. Like we, I drew up a sketch basically. I don't know if you're familiar with, you know, uh, scoops for underground mining, the, the big scoops that take all the muck out. But anyway, we had to run one of those. We had this big two kilometers cable run to do. And we're looking at it and we're like, how are we going to get this done? Like, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. So I showed, I drew up basically like this rough plan for the welder. I'm like, I'd like you to build a spool that'll hang off of this scoop. We'll have one guy stand in the scoop and we can just clip this cable on as we go. But the scoop is taking all that pressure, right? It's just, yeah. just a wheel, a roller. And then he built this huge fabricated like contraption that bolted into the actual scoop. Like he cut out new holes in it. This is like inch and a half thick steel, these, yeah. these scoops, right? Cuts out these holes, fabricates all this stuff up, bolts are on. We got, so the first time that we ran one kilometer of cable, it took us roughly 36 man hours, two guys, 18 hours, right. To run this stretch of cable over a day and a half. Next run, we had it done in three hours for two kilometers of cable. And it's like, and but once was, you work the bugs out, exactly. You know, it was yeah. so fast. It was so funny because after safety comes up to us and they're like, uh, yeah, how'd you guys get that done so fast? And so we kind of showed them like roughly They're like, well, where's the CSA stamp on that thing? And the welder just about threw a wrench at him. Like he's like, yep. get, get the fuck there out of my shop. One. There isn't one. Do you yeah. see how that worked? And he's like, look at this thing. And sure enough, it was like sturdier than shit. Like nothing is going to break this thing. Right. And, uh, but man, like, <laughs> Uh, that's why I love fabricators. I love millwrights. Like, I think that's some of the coolest stuff you can do. Cause you're right. You can get creative and you make things work. You can get creative, but as long as it's in a time frame that they're comfortable with, yeah, because time is money. Yeah. And that, that, I mean, that's, that's a thing. Oh, absolutely. But it also like, again, comes down to leadership and like competent leadership. Like we went to the, not the mine manager, but the mine shift boss for underground. And we basically just showed him these plans said, can we borrow the welder for like, you know, a day when he has some downtime to build this thing for us? 
and he realized like how much time it's going to save that it's actually going to increase production. And he said, yeah, go ahead. Like, and that's what it takes, like just competent leadership, people who can look yep. at it and realize like, oh yeah. And you know, he wasn't worried about a CSA stamp or anything. He's like, yeah, this will work. Like, I know that my guys can build this to spec that it's not going to break. It'll handle the weight. Like, I don't know. And nobody's I, life is going to be in danger. Exactly. It actually, yeah, it decreased injuries on site because, you know, we'd pull our back, pull a shoulder while we're trying to hang this cable in awkward positions. And so, instead. So, so are they taking applications right now? <laughs> you might have to move even farther north than North oh, Dakota. <laughs> oh, man. Like where I was working was right along the Alaskan panhandle uh, up in the BC oh, side. Yeah. Like way, way up. I, I just saw a fucking Alaska. Where the fuck? Uh, Pruto, Pruto Bay. I think that's where it was at. Okay. Uh, job offering for a welder up there. Mm-hmm. And I talked to the wife about it. She's like, you're going to move to Alaska? I'm like, <laughs> I wouldn't have to move. I would just have to work there. Right. Fly and in, fly would, out. And then come back every weekend. She's yep. like, no, no, <laughs> no. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Like my uh, my out of town work died as soon as I got married and had kids like, you know, I, but I'm I'm happy now working at home. I love it. But uh, yeah, man, like I remember being up there and we had a couple of shutdown days where I think the temperature I don't even know what it'd be in Fahrenheit, but it was about negative 60 Celsius. And we have a cutoff at negative 45 where it's just it's too cold to work outside. I think that's about negative 35 here. OK, it was. It was yeah. cold as hell. And anyway, yep. we, uh, so we, our whole site was running on gensets. So they had to be refueled. We had to do an oil change on them, switch them out. We had a, you know, a rotation for them. And man, like every day it was just, we'd draw, draw straws, right? We'd need one electrician, one mechanic, and one site guy <laughs> just to bomb out to the generator, refuel it, switch it over, and then come back to site. That was the coldest 25 minutes of my life. Like I remember I drew it twice in those four days worst experience ever, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. I absolutely, I loved mining like way better than oil field, way better than anything else. Mining is where it's at. You can get, I I applied for the mines up here and right now they're not looking for welders, but I was like, Hey, just let me throw my name in the hat. Absolutely. Once you are, you know, yep. because it's, it's, even though it's 12 hours on 12 hours off, it's shift work, but it's safe. Yep. There's leaders. There's not bosses. Oh yeah. It's, there's a, you know, it's not really a production or it's, Hey, we need this done. Okay. Whenever you get it done, if you don't get it done, the next guy will. Yep. I mean, that's, there's no such thing as deadlines. It's just work Yep. for your 12 hours yep. and then you're done. Yep. What I, what I really liked about it too, is like what you were saying, like, it's just, it's competent people up there. I think something about that atmosphere where you know that things like you've got, obviously a really high level of danger, but it makes everybody really aware of it. And you just, again, like it builds that brotherhood. That's the one thing that I miss most about working in mining is that, you know, you may not get along when you're off shift sitting in the bunkhouse or whatever, and you won't talk, but as soon as you're, no, but as soon as you're on site, you're underground, like you're brothers and you're looking out for each other, no matter what. And I thought that was the coolest part of mining because his life could be your life. Yep. Yeah. And you, you all know that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, that's the thing is it's it, like you said, it is a brotherhood and it's where I'm at now. It's like, well, make it work as long, you know, whatever gets the job done. And I was like, you know what, add, add a phrase to that, whatever it gets, whatever it takes to make the job 
done safely. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I can mean, get into some stories of what we did, but you'd fucking cringe and shit your pants because we've had companies turn down jobs that we did because it was too unsafe. <laughs> Man, I've got I've got a story in particular that I haven't I've never talked about on here because it when I tell it, I cringe that I did it because it's like, yeah, I could I could show you pictures, man, of the shit we did with the equipment we used and it'd be like, what? But, you know, we got it done. Yeah, but we've had a couple accidents and I, you know, I told my boss about he goes, what'd you guys do? What'd you do wrong? (laughs) Uh. We said yes to the job. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, and he's like, you got it done, right? Well, fuck, man. Do you want us back here tomorrow to make you more money or what? Yeah. You know, it's it's that type of appreciation that's like, you know what? Fuck you. Mm -hmm. I'm skilled. I know it. I've had many people tell me that. And if you want to fucking, you know, downplay my work or, you know, just because it's, you know, no. Yeah. And that's why I was like, you know, I like, I don't know. You probably heard on the last couple of shows that I'm ready to quit. I'm done. I, as soon as something else comes up, mm-hmm. I have no problem walking out. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's kind of why I wrote this down because I had noticed that picked it up in your past few episodes, but it's, you know, it's, it's funny. Like I even think that there's something to be said about a boss or, you know, a shift manager, whoever, whoever's your superior, when you can have those FU matches back and forth. Like, it sounds like obviously your job, you can't anymore. Like it's kind of broken down past that, but like, you know, we've, I've had bosses before where you can get right into it. Like you can be F you F this, like, you know, have a bloat in the office. And then the next day everybody comes in and it's like, well, we got that out of our system. Like, let's move past well, it's it. It's like they're fucking, it's like they're bipolar. Like they forgot <laughs> it ever fucking happened. Yeah. I you mean, know, I, yeah. It's, you know, I, I've never really told them off. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've pointed out mistakes and flaws, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I've said this one thing to him. I was like, you know what? We all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. The only difference is I don't know, expect, I don't expect you to fix mine. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I fix yours all the fucking time. Right. And there's no gratitude. There's no, there's nothing. It's like, uh, what the fuck am I doing here? That's it too. Yeah. Just, just feeling that sense of gratitude every once in a while, or recognition, at least for the, the well, shit recognition that you put away. is yeah. like, you know, I, I bust my ass. I risk my life half, not half the time, but a third of the time. And I, I just don't get it. No, I don't fucking get it. No, we had, we had one day. It's actually my best friend. Like we went to high school together. We, we followed each other all the way across mining and the oil field. We were roommates and, and everything like, um, but we had this one day, we just refer to it now as the devil's dick day. Cause it was colder than the devil's dick. And we, uh, we were basically up on a flare stack. <laughs> we were, we were up on a flare stack and, uh, it was about 45 feet in the air. And anyway, like it was actually colder than like legally we should have been working, but it was deadlines. It was dead of winter. Like we had to get this job done. It was negative 44. So the cutoff was negative 45, but with wind chill, it was probably mid negative. Yeah, probably about negative 60, negative 55 to 60. Anyway. So we're working and we've got these two little cables to terminate. They're like the size of my thumb, nothing big, just little tech cables, but it was so cold that we would try to skin the insulation off the outside and it would just crack and fall apart. It would break. Yeah, it yeah. would break. We couldn't do anything. So 
anyway, we had a heat gun up there. So we'd be heating up the wire and then we'd be heating up each other's fingers because it was such small wire that you had to take your gloves off to work. So anyway, we get called down at about 9 a.m. So we're like three hours into shift. And uh, the safety guy's just checking on everybody on site because it's so cold. And we're both, we didn't realize it because we weren't looking at each other. We, uh, we were both frostbite, like all around our balaclavas that wasn't covered. We had white, just waxy white. You could poke it, couldn't feel it. And, uh, and so anyway, we got called down. We could only do 15 minutes at a time. It took the lift 10 minutes just to get to elevation because the hydraulics were so cold. Hydraulics are froze. Frozen, frozen. So anyway, we get this job done though. It was two cables. It took 24 man hours because it was me and one other guy all day for a 12 hour shift. Um, this job, if it was in the summer, would have taken three hours. You know, like it, it was an easy job, but 24 man hours to get this thing done. We had the worst location on site again, 45 feet in the air and blistering wind. And uh, so we come in at the end of our day and, you know, my, uh, and this, my supervisor, I love the guy to death. Like we're, we're friends to this day, but he goes, Oh, would you two get done today? I said, Oh, we terminated those two thermal couple cables. And he's like all day. That's, that's, that's all you guys did. And I lost my shit. I fucking threw my As heart. You yeah. I threw my heart out down. I'm like, why don't you fucking punch that into your computer? I'm like, you were sitting in here all day. It's like, it's 25 degrees and you were out there in negative 60. And I, I blew up on him right in the middle of the office at the end of the day. I, I'd had enough. They don't get it. No, but they you know don't what? don't get it. You know what? Like he was sitting there just stunned, like wide eyed looking at me and my, my coworker, my best friend is just laughing. Cause like, I'm a pretty reserved guy. I don't blow up very often. But he was laughing and again, like we just refer to it as the devil's dick day now. But uh, the very next day, like even one of the guys who we didn't get along with that great on site, like he speaks up in the middle of the safety meeting is like, I just want to recognize like yesterday that Zach and Nick did those thermal couple wires on top of the flare stack and whatever, like just that little bit of recognition, it smoothed everything over. Our supervisor was, you know, he, he apologizes like, sorry, man, like I realized how bad it was, blah, blah, blah. But that just changed the whole perspective of the whole event. Like everybody was able to just get over it. But he realized it. Totally. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. That's that's a thing. That's that's a big thing. Absolutely. We had uh our first our first fucking really humid hot day here in North Dakota. And uh it was like 97 degrees. Uh, I don't know what the fuck that is. Uh, it's 20 degrees, uh, probably like 115 Celsius. Okay. I think it'll be the other way, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's hot. okay. Yeah. Okay. 87, 87 degrees Celsius. Okay. And uh, our boss comes in the break room. He goes, you guys do anything after work yesterday? <laughs> I was like, no, no. He goes, man, I went home and I did chores for about 10, 15 minutes. And I was pouring sweat. I had to I had to go inside and have a beer. I looked at him. I was like, dude, it was like that all fucking day. Yeah. He he's in his air conditioning office and he wants to talk to us about working for 10, 15 minutes and we're welding. Yeah. I'm like, <sighs> do you realize the difference? <laughs> it, you know it's that type of fucking uh you know just relativity i guess yeah just it's, just no perspective like no idea no, of like, nothing nothing it's i know it's yeah that's something that that's something that frustrates me the most too is when you're trying to explain or just you know point out the hardships of a job or what were your complications and you know there's just there's no 
there's no sense of yeah relativity or perspective of like what you've been going through. It's crazy to me. I was like, you know, okay, you're 10, 15 minutes. Like, dude, we did that all day. Yeah. And he had no fucking clue. No, no. And he tried to get sympathy from us for 10 minutes of working outside. (laughs) (laughs) I I just kind of looked at the guys. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, but like I said, like I told him, I was like, you have two jobs, get us work and make us want to come to work. Yep. If you can't do that, your, your business is going to fail because it's so small. It's, you know, we have, like I said, three people. If you can't do that, you're going to fail. Yep. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I think you're right. I, like, again, like I'm super happy with the small company I work with now. It's uh, it's just a different vibe. But yeah, when you when you run into guys like that, it's it it makes every day a chore. Like you don't even want to get out of bed. You don't want to roll into work. It, it just doesn't make it worth it anymore. Yeah, it, you actually get sick, physically sick, thinking about going to work. Yeah. And actually, you know, the thing is, if you have to go to work for 60% of your life, you want to enjoy it. Oh, yeah. You want to enjoy what you do. You want to enjoy who you work for. And that'll make, you know, like, what the fuck's that old saying? If you love what you do, it ain't work. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it off the top of my head either. Yeah. Yeah. I love what I do, but God damn, I hate where I work. (laughs) God damn it. <laughs> and that's half the battle, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, man. No, but I hear you. The thing is with the ambulance, I love it. I've yeah. never had a fucking rift or a wave or a fucking tsunami or whatever the fuck you want to call it in my job, yeah. except for dealing with the obvious. But I love helping people. You know, that's, that's cool. That's that's the thing is, you know, that's why I'm still there. Yeah, that's incredible. That's you know, that's that's one thing. I mean, my dad, he used to be a volunteer firefighter. It's something that I've always wanted to do, but now with kids, like it's, I got to do my day job. And then when I get home, I've got four little mouths to, <laughs> to deal with. So it's like, God you know, damn. I, I, yeah, I know four boys. I've, I've done my, my due diligence in trying to keep the human race going. Well, you know, could have had four girls. That's like five times the estrogen. Oh my God. I know. I know we kept, <laughs> we kept trying for one girl. Didn't work out, but uh, you know, I might have I might have saved myself a few years here anyway by doing this, but you still got brown hair, so there's no grays I see. <laughs> not yet, not yet. I'm sure in a couple of years, the second that the first one hits a teenager, then it's it's all downhill from there. So how long have you been married? Oh, I better get this right. Uh, oh no, six I didn't years. put you on the spot. Six years. Six years. Yeah, six. All right, years. my wife and I are coming up on our five year anniversary next week, so. Right yeah. on, man. It's right on. Yeah, it's man. A, it, it's a chore. It's, it is, but like it's like, a it's a it's a labor of love, I guess. Oh, yeah. Because you yeah. love to do it. Absolutely. Love to do it. Absolutely. I you know, like that's one thing that I've talked about before. Like I'm I'm in my early 30s, so like not a lot of my friends are married. Well, actually, now it's about half and half, but um, you know, like some people are like, Oh, I could never get married, I could never have kids. I'm like, you know what? it's gratifying. Like I, I can't say anything bad, about it. I absolutely love it. Like, sure. It's, it's a work it's work. Like it is, you know, it, it yeah, requires like const- exactly. It requires constant input, but you know, what you gain from it is immeasurable. It, it you can't, I don't know how to put it into words. You can't, no, you can't, uh, you can't explain it. No, it's, it's, I don't know. It's work, but it's life. It's the life you want. It's, I don't know. It's, 
like you said, you can't explain it. I have uh, one on the way, and I have one other, and one that's way out there. He's in Alabama right now or North Carolina. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. It's, it's for some and not for others. Oh, yeah, I agree. Like, it, you know, I, I talked to some friends who don't have any intention of having kids anytime soon, and I'm like, well, you know, I mean, for starters, you're never going to be ready. But at the same time, if you don't want them yet, then don't have them. But, you know, don't think you're ever going to be perfectly ready to have kids. It just. But then you'll always be alone. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, yeah, I completely agree. I've never had my life so fulfilled since, you know, before having a wife and kids. It's, it's yep. awesome. It's, it's awesome. Fulfilling. Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't know, my wife, my wife's a lunatic like me, right? Like, I think anybody who starts a podcast is a little bit loony. Like the other day, like, uh, you know, we were fighting over, not fighting, but just like arguing over who's going to go pick up the kids. They were staying over at their, one of their aunt's houses. And it's about an hour drive. So neither of us wanted to do it. And uh, so, you know, we rock, rock, paper, scissors, she loses. So she has to go. She's getting dressed. She's, you know, giving me the pouty eyes and everything. And I'm just like, oh, oh I'm like, fuck, fuck. I, I know I'm, I'm going to go get them. I'm going to go get him. So she's getting dressed. I quickly throw on pants, run down, pulling out of the driveway with the car here. She's standing at the front window and I just flip her the bird. Right. <laughs> that's for you baby yeah You're number she, one. she fingers me too we're both just laughing about it like it just cut through the tension that, right we didn't go. care anymore you both fucking laughed about it oh there yeah was nothing serious about nothing. the bird nothing that's let's make full circle here yeah like sanchez and i we we give each other shit all the time and oh, there's yeah. no hard feelings absolutely because it makes it makes for a good friendship a strong friendship and a great fucking podcast absolutely man and that's you know that's again i want to direct people to your podcast happy hour news team it's like that that's my favorite part of the show honestly like from florida man all the different segments that you guys do oh actually before we go i wanted to point on my favorite ad that you guys ever have oh, ran. Dude, is it the caller yes it's the clergy <laughs> clergy clearance center i was the first time you played that a few weeks ago might have even been six weeks ago now whatever i was rolling laughing so hard like have you been mentored or or pre or mentored a little bit too much <laughs> i was yeah. i was dying i don't know how you guys write those but those well, fake ads are the best that's you know the thing is nobody's gonna pay us for our shit so <laughs> you might as well why have fun. not why not just do something for fun? Exactly. You no, know, I will promote other people's podcasts mm-hmm. and I will promote our fake shit. Yeah. All right. That's it. Gig industries. And, and Zach, if you've got a fucking promotion or an ad or a trailer for your show, yep. send it to us. I'm going to I'm going to put one together and we will play it. Yeah, I, I mean, will absolutely put one together. I mean, I, I, that's, you know, I I. If uh, our content doesn't get a people's attentions, our ads will. Oh, yeah. That one in particular. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, we're not we're not left. We're not right. We're not fucking Catholic. We're not Lutheran, Baptist, whatever the fuck organized shit that anybody else is belonging to. Mm-hmm. We're not any of that. So we're going to make fun of all of that. Yeah. And that's that's what I love about your show. Like I've I've talked about it on here like. I like listening to comedy podcasts. I like listening to just random people's perspectives. And that's why your guy's show is one of my favorite. It cracks me up every week. I look Thank forward you. to it. Yeah, man. Thank you, man. Keep it coming I, again. I appreciate it. We, I'm going to tell Sanchez. And that's, you know, that's the thing. If, 
you know, if our content get, can't get it, we're going to get you with our ads. Yeah. And if not, whatever, fuck you. Don't listen. <laughs> That's what I keep saying too, man. I'm not charging you. <laughs> so no, we're whatever. not charging. Yeah. Well, actually we are. If you, if you think about it, time is money. That's a good point. That's a good point. So, yeah, but at least, at least you can put this on in the background, have our, we, us whisper sweet nothings into your ears while you're doing something that's yeah, productive. Exactly. I've had plenty of people say, Hey, I just put you on for background noise. I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. I don't care. Whatever. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Is that a question? I don't know, but whatever. Yeah. That's yeah, man. We do it because we enjoy it. Not because that's the key. you enjoy it. That's the key. That's the key. Well, man, do you want to give your uh, your plugs where people can find you on social media or whatever? And uh, oh, we can fuck. wrap this up. Uh, we're happy hour news team or happy HR news team. Just Google it. You'll find us. Yep. Right on. Man. That's well, about it. That's, you know, thing is, we don't share our, our episodes. We don't we don't do any of that because we're, we're like the finest fucking weed out there. We grow <laughs> organically. We don't need any help. Hey, I'm with you, man. I, I've I've completely reverted to that that mentality too, and it's it's been good. I'm happy with it. So we don't ask for listens. We don't ask for screenshots. Just word of mouth. It's going to happen. If yep. not, uh, whatever. Who cares? We're still going anyway. We're going <laughs> to go anyways, whether you like it or not. Right on, man. Well, thanks a lot for uh, taking some time out of your night to talk to me, and I'll uh, I'll upload this right away and. Yeah, hopefully oh, people thank, give you guys thank a Thank you, Zach, for having, having, oh, Sanchez ain't here, but <laughs> having me on here because, goddamn, I, I love your podcast. I, you know what I was going to do tonight? I even have my fucking software up right now, and I didn't push record. I was going to record some of our show that we had tonight, our conversation, to have give our listeners a taste of what you're about. Oh, yeah. I forgot. No worries, man. If you want to, I can I can cut a snippet and send it to you too. It's, it's yeah, totally well, up to you. I I was just I see ex weed smoker still has short term memory loss. <laughs> right on, man. Well, well thank again. you, Zach. Thank yep. you, thank you, Plaid Jack philosopher. I look forward to this episode. Thanks, man. Have a great night, everybody. You too, man. <laughs> Bye. Later. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I hope you found some value in this week's episode. If you did and are interested in more content like this, please rate, review, subscribe, and recommend the podcast to a friend. I really appreciate all the feedback you've given me to this point and look forward to hearing from you again. As always, the podcast page is The Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Facebook, at Jacket Plaid on Twitter, and at Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Instagram. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for the continued support, and especially to those of you who reach out weekly with comments on each episode. Have a great week and I'll talk to you all again soon.